that's the that's the sexy part of what I do. You could you could call me a storyteller, but I'm more more, more of a facilitator or a project manager or um, an entrepreneur, I guess, at heart. Um, and it just storytelling happens to be the medium that I'm selling. Uh, I just surround myself with really talented people, um, both on the creative end and on the production end. And I know what they're capable of and I know, I know my products <laughs> and it just so happens that we just, this is our business and this is where the business is trending as well as in the video marketing and video spectrum of everything wants to be video. From cave drawings to family histories to stories around the fire, humans crave order among chaos, connection amid isolation. So we tell stories. Our mission at the Storytellers Network is to bring the art of story to the masses. Whether you're in marketing, you're an entrepreneur, or you're developing your own personal brand, telling your story effectively can make the difference between celebrating milestones and collecting unemployment. The Storytellers Network strives to help storytellers tell their stories so you can learn from the best. Now, your host, the inbound evangelist himself, Dan Moyle. And welcome to the Storytellers Network podcast. I'm so glad you're joining me today. In this episode, we hear from Mike Compton, co-founder of the video production company Three Chairs Productions down in Tampa, Florida. Uh, and also, as you'll hear uh, somewhere else, they're opening up a new, uh, kind of getting into a new market as well. So but you'll hear about that. Um, before co-founding Three Chairs Productions with his partner, George, Mike was a communications and media production graduate from Michigan State University, a fellow Michigander. Uh, as a senior at MSU, this is so cool. Mike was actually able to get his first producing experience with Red Bull producing their Lawn Shorts Student Film Festival. He actually produced the festival and along with five other students, uh, won the chance to produce a film within the festival. So, And for Mike, that was all she wrote as it goes. Uh, he knew what his calling was. And he left Michigan, uh, his Michigan home base in 2001 to start a multimedia career in Tampa, Florida. Now, he and George help Tampa-based businesses and businesses around the country and nonprofits, uh, marketing agencies, and more transform their business communications through creative video storytelling, which is why we're talking to Mike today in this wrapping up this season of Video Storytellers. So, without further ado, uh, let's get to the stories. So, thanks for joining me, Mike. Uh, I appreciate you taking time and uh, getting on the Storytellers Network, man. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Definitely appreciate it, Dan. It's always been a good conversation. As I said in my intro, uh, a fellow Michigander. However, you're not in Michigan. So where has your life taken you that you can tell a story from anywhere? Where are you at right now? So right now, this minute, I'm in Tampa, Florida, and it just started pouring. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear it in the background. I do apologize. I'm not uh, a soundproof, <laughs> fancy studio like you got there. I'm more of a, <laughs> I'm more, more of a warehouse studio with a, you know, photography would fall in love with our studio but right. it's it's just pouring right now and it just comes it comes hard for like 15 minutes yeah then it goes away however dan i'll be in gaylord michigan tomorrow this time no kidding yeah my uh, little sister's getting married and oh, uh we're having a bit of a celebration up there in gaylord very nice. Now, as the video guy professionally, do you get yeah. that call of, hey, can you come do my wedding too from your little sister? <laughs> you know what? You know, it's funny. No, because every time I think that, why didn't she call me? And I get like a little huffy. And I'm like, well, wait, no, no. I don't want to be working while everybody's playing. You know, my best friend's the same way. I, 
I've shot a couple of their videos. One guy I still owe a video to. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, nobody asked me. But I did get reached out to a local photographer actually in Tampa not too long ago for, hey, do I know anybody going into that business? Do I know anybody that you know is in that business and wants clients and wants help? And uh, so it does. It comes at me. Weddings yeah. still come at me. Porn, not so much. But weddings, definitely <laughs> more often. Well, that's good that you graduated. I mean, that's good that you don't get that. I mean, whatever. So <laughs> I won't ask. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right on, man. Exactly. Right on. So, so you really can tell a story from anywhere then. I mean, do you, for three chairs, do you guys travel quite a bit or is it mostly local in Tampa there? It's, it's, we're five years into it, Dan, and it's been as of this year, uh, more travel. Okay. Um, we just took a team up to Nashville and we're going to grow into the Nashville market next. Um, we had our, our, you know, unofficial grand opening there. We had a little bit of a happy hour. We had a great response and, and Nashville just seems to be a good fit for us in our model. Uh, so, so we were, we're doing that. We did a shoot, um, up there, like a corporate shoot. And then we kind of tag teamed our sales team and we made a big family trip up. It was great. Um, felt like we just put a little bomb in Nashville and it was like a little friendly get together uh, for like four days. It was awesome. And then I did a trip up to Nashville after that um, for another corporate video, uh, internal communications type of a thing um, for a bank and, and did a couple days there. And then there's other, it just seems to be, there's more and more traveling once you get connected, once you get into the, you know, meat of the other business, you, there, there seems to be opportunity that just opens up. Um, yeah. That's opportunity. If you like to travel, great if you don't well, i don't know if you want to go that route you know right, right um so when you talk about going to nashville and that's obviously for work for a client what kind of clients do you help tell stories for is it like banks and businesses is it kind of something you know i think of nashville as like oh you're gonna go make a music video for blake shelton or somebody <laughs> a lot of that happens we met with the film commissioner up there and actually it was the assistant to the film commissioner the production manager of the film commission and um, there, she, she did say just that, that there's a lot of music videos that happen there, but they're looking for more business and they want more business to come there. And they give a great incentive. Um, my goodness, I think it was for every $200,000 you, you know, pay in the county, you get 25% back, uh, something like that. I'm not the incentive type of a guy, but it just opened up my ears and was like, wow, that's that's really great that you guys really want more business and you're looking for more business to come to that market. Uh, Tampa's not doing that. You know, Tampa Hillsborough film commission is doing a great job locally, but as far as the state incentives, they're, they're not there. Interesting. Yeah. And, and is that something that a lot of video focused businesses kind of think about is that, that film incentive kind of a thing? It depends on what level you're at. It depends on if you're spending, you know, $300,000 each production, you know, if you are, you're looking for those incentives to save a dollar here and there because those are low, low budgets. Those are, you know, what is micro budgets in film? Like a million. If you're spending a million, you're looking for every penny, like everything goes to hard costs hmm. when, when, when you're talking about that level and, 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 you know, wanting those incentives, you're looking for those incentives. You're looking for every little thing you can, you can save money on. Um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, but if you're, you know, if you're, if you're doing like 20 grand videos, if you're doing 30 grand, 50 grand, hundred grand videos, maybe you really 
don't need those incentives so much because you're not really reliant on those incentives as, as those guys playing in the, you know, on that level. Yeah. And if, and if I'm a storyteller, you know, if one of the storyteller network listeners is thinking, mm -hmm. I, I think I'm a video storyteller. I'm starting off. How do they go from that wedding level, you know, to that mm -hmm. micro budget of a million dollars? I mean, is it, it's gotta be a long process, I would guess. Right. Well, it depends on what road you take. Yeah. Um, and, and it's a long process for sure, Dan. Uh, but I did it. You know, I went from the wedding business. I did a few weddings for sure. But then I moved into more of the advertising side of things. And I moved into more of the corporate side of things where they have budgets and they want to tell their story. And as mundane as their story is, you can really put a spin on it on anything and tell a great story if you just dig deep into that culture, into those people and how they want to operate and where their growth is and what their competitors are doing. And you got to do some research on these people. Um, but that's the type of thing that, you know, like I said, like I said, doesn't need an incentive. You know, we're not, we're not looking, we're not operating in those high level prices, but we're looking at more of a partnership type of thing where I have a client for five years now or six years or three years. And it's a recurring thing that I know that I can rely on these people to come to me for their production needs. That's where we built our model around. And, and do you think, so, so let me ask you this, first of all, when you think of yourself, mm -hmm. do you think of yourself as a storyteller? Is that part of what you do? <laughs> that's the, that's the sexy part of what I do. You could, you could call me a storyteller, but I'm more, more, more of a facilitator or a project manager or, um, an entrepreneur, I guess at heart. Um, and it just storytelling happens to be the medium that I'm selling. Uh, I just surround myself with really talented people, um, both on the creative end and on the production end. Mm -hmm. And I know what they're capable of and I know, I know my products <laughs> and it just so happens that we just, this is our business and this is where the business is trending as well as in the video marketing and video spectrum of everything wants to be video. Um, yeah. so I just happen to find myself in the right place at the right time with the right people. And sorry, Dan, does that make sense? Tonight? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and it's not you know when when you're in a a field that is a storytelling field, you surround yourself with other storytellers to make you better, and so like it's collaborative. It sounds like so if you're so you're a storyteller, do you like to do that creatively also? I love it. I love it. I love building plot. Yeah. <laughs> Give me like I don't want to create it. I just want develop it yeah and that whether that's a character a story uh, a culture film whatever it is um i just like to help it and, and then and then and then i back away <laughs> yeah and i'd be like okay bye <laughs> you guys you guys do the rest i just wanted to put my little two cents and this is my thing use it or not a lot of times it's not Dan. a lot of times it's not but at least i spoke up and thought about you know this is my idea oh it's a shitty idea okay all right <laughs> on, next one now, is that more of like a, a director side of things or a producer? You know, in this world of video and film and everything else, everybody has a role. You need to, you need to separate them, man. You need to separate them. The, the producer needs to produce and the director needs to direct and the creative director needs to create. Um, the, the director of photography needs to make pretty images. The gaffer needs to make those pretty images come to life. You know, so everybody has their own job and everybody, that's, what you, that's so crucial to get to the next level. If you want to stop doing what you're doing, you want to get to the next level, you have to hire the right people to do it and you have to pay those people the right prices. Yeah. To do it too. That's just, uh, 
the way to get to the next level and the way to progress to the bigger budgets. Right. And you, and you can do a little bit of that with the creative side of things, you, you know, as the way I envision it, you can have great corporate clients that give you a budget and give you the experience and then turn around and use that for other creative things and then do both to make more money and just keep growing. Is that kind of how it has worked for you? Yeah. Yeah. You can get creative with a printer. I mean, pen salesman, like you can find that story that somebody wants to listen to and sell that product. That's where the creative comes in for me is, is a lot of the research that goes on into it, you know? Yeah. Cool. But now where, where do you think that storytelling stuff kind of started for you? I mean, you're, here you are successful agency looking at, you know, going from Tampa to, to Nashville. Uh, you and George have this great thing going on, but you didn't start there. Where did, where did it kind of start for you as storytelling? And where did you kind of realize that you had that gift? Saving Private Ryan, circa 95, Birmingham, Michigan. Um, it was weird. I just, want, I just saw the movie and for some reason it clicked to me like, I need to tell stories. I need to change the world somehow, some way. And if this is the way to hit the mass at the, at the, you know, with the deepest impact, then video is the way to go or film back then. That's what I want to do is way to go. And that's kind of when I started my direction and I had to just figure it out. Michigan State University didn't have anything like this. It was a telecom degree, emphasis in media production. Um, and then it just started clicking. I started talking to people. You know, I failed the test, I'm sure. I turned around to the next guy behind me. I'm like, dang, that's hard. That guy walked me to my next internship, you know, and I literally just decided that that semester that I want, you know, it's just all about timing and all about meeting the right people. And then I produced a film festival for Red Bull and it was called Lawn Shorts and I was able to oversee the whole festival. And then I did an alias and got my script in the festival. So now I was able to produce my film, manage the other student producers, find the students, find the, the judges. I mean, it was just fun to find a location got paid to do it and like I can't not do this now you know and by this time it's my senior year so I was like oh shit that's awesome so so take 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 us back to that that time of I mean it's it had to be exciting working with Red Bull now obviously Red Bull is like one of the biggest brands in the world I mean what was that like as a, as a college student to just to get cases of Red Bull sent to you I mean that's pretty awesome <laughs> <laughs> that alone I'm like all right I'm good I mean was that just like overwhelming like holy shit what did I get myself into or was that just like yeah, I can do pretty that. much pretty much yeah no it was it was overwhelming at first um because you know it was like watch what you wish for type of situation I'm like oh I have to make this work um I'm getting paid and they're sending me Red Bull and like you know so it all you know it just all worked out I got my production you know the company that I was intern interning at the time our small planet yeah, I hope he's still around. I got him the job um, to help oversee the production. So he, you know, supplied the cameras, he supplied the audio, he supplied the edit, you know, stations for the students to come in and edit, you know, all that. It was, it was awesome. So that kind of was there. And then I just had to find the students. And I just went from student class to class and to teacher to teacher and just kind of pamphlet it. And, um, it, you know, like anything, if you work at it and you do the right thing and treat people the right way, it, it'll work out. And that's what happened. Yeah. I haven't talked about that in a long time. <laughs> that's, that's pretty awesome though. Now, did you, yeah. did you start to think about like maybe live events rather than like the film production side of things or I miss mean, two different ways to tell a story? Two different worlds. Yeah. yeah. Mm -mm. It's always been video and film. So that was just a means to an end then. Huh? Live events are tough, man. I, I, you know, you dabble every now and again in live events. Yeah. Um, 
if there's a, the budget right the budget's right you know yeah let's let's talk about it uh and it's just a pain in the butt i, I like i like where where we are with the storytelling yeah. uh, versus live events and what do, and what do you love about telling those stories and helping others tell their story through video what what moves you in that world we have this clients that's us three years later because they've been able to reuse their video for the past three years and and it's a nonprofit company um wonderful wonderful uh nonprofit and they came back to us recently um and the way we told the story before was such that it made such an impact that um they were able to the shelf life of it was so long and obviously they're not profit so any little bit and any little thing that can help them you know a raise money b get the awareness out you know all of that it was able to work out and then they came back to us years later for another one and we're actually in pre-production for it right now putting the story together and it's it's really touching um what they do so we really get behind it and it's a small budget you know they don't it's not a huge budget, it's not a small budget, you know, but the creative part of it and the story part of it doesn't have to suffer. I mean, that's just brain power, right? I mean, so we just get dedicated people that want to tell a great story. So they take a couple of days and mull it over, but it's not hard cost, that's brain power, you know? And so, so when they come back to us, because we did put that much effort into it and they want to know that, that's really what, what I get out of it is like, wow, they trusted us with a good chunk of money to tell their story and they loved it so much they're coming back that's cool yeah that's i like how you i mean it sounds like you're you know you're giving back you're making a difference in the world like like what you wanted to do at the beginning right can't do that for every client you have clients that pay you a lot of money and then you can turn around and do that and that's a great that's a powerful moment in storytelling to be able to to help somebody else tell their story that maybe wouldn't have been able to yeah that's really cool yeah i like that um what, what do you think what do you think is one of the biggest challenges for you in storytelling, whether it's storytelling in general or video in particular, what, what kind of stops you in your track sometimes? When the idea is such that it's a great idea that you want to execute it, but you just can't because the budget just isn't there. So you have to figure something else out. You, so telling, telling a creative person that, <laughs> is probably what stops me in my tracks because <laughs> yeah. it's how you deliver it it's when you deliver it <laughs> and how do you deliver it <laughs> mm-hmm. so yeah telling somebody that you know what i love that idea it's just it just can't happen you know and that doesn't happen often i mean we figure it out but it just sucks when it, when we just like, man, that's a great idea. We shelf it, you know, that's a great idea. Let's save it for something that we can, has a budget that we can, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know? And, and, and do you have a preference? Like, so when you talk about budget, I think of how expensive maybe, you know, animated movies are or special effects are or whatever. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite video world? Like is live video on location your favorite or do you prefer doing something more, kind of like green screen stuff? I mean, do you dabble in all of it? There's such a big world of video storytelling. Where do you like to fit in with all that? We, we, we stay so far away from green screen as possible. Hmm. Um, just because that's where we live. We want to be um, in our corporate type of uh, culture type of films. We want to be as 
um, real as possible as, you know, in the moment and in their space as possible. Um, but, you know, the green screen does have its, you know, ways in, you know, telling good stories about, you know, manipulating the atmosphere around you and, and, you know, you've got to do it in a way that, that really means something to the story. <laughs> um, just yeah. to have somebody over green screen, just to have over screen green screen with a office blurred behind them. Like, no, it's more authentic to the story if you're on location for me and you're telling it in person, even if it's actors, you know? Yeah. And, and what I heard you say too, is um, it's all about using the tools to further the story. So what I, what I want to ask then too is um, right. we have at our disposal nowadays, so many different tools like drones, uh, like cell phones, like GoPros. Sure. Sure. Mm-hmm. Do, is this kind of the same thing? Like, do you, now, now that we have drones, do you want to use a drone in every video that you do? Or is it just when it landed? <laughs> at first I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Until, until, until my drone operator says, and my DP said, no, <laughs> we don't need a drone shot. What's why? What's the benefit of having a drone shot? Oh, it's just cool, man. Let's, let's do it. I'm like, no, has to be a part of the story. Yeah. It has to be a purpose for it. Like every other tool that we have in our belt now. And it's great. How many tools we have in our belt? It's just so much fun to be in the video world right now and to be in the storytelling world because of these tools, even your cell phone for sure. Does that ever worry you guys at all as a professional video mm-hmm. house that are, okay. there's so many video production companies in Tampa. We collaborate though. And that's kind of our business model is like we live under this roof called lot 1901, which is a studio, but then we have another production company over here and another production company over there, like in the same building. And we just collaborate back and forth with different projects and we're just transparent on our business plans and uh, we just really feed off of each other. So there's so many other production companies out there too that just, they do great work, but there's just so much work to be had. Yeah. And, and does it, does the technology, like I can, I can use my cell phone to, to do a quick video does that worry you guys at all in, in this professional world of video creation that we're going to just start using our cell phones with iMovie and, a, and an app and be like, Hey, I don't need you. I mean, is there like, it, it excites me. It, it, it makes me know that, you know, the power of video. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so when you're ready and you have the budget to tell a big story, we can do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but until then have fun with your cameras, have fun with your DSLRs. Just go tell a story. Um, and then when you're ready, with a budget and a project in mind, you can come to a production company and we can make it all that much better. Yeah, that makes sense. You don't need a production company to do a Facebook live, but once you decide that video is powerful, let's, let's talk. That makes sense. Exactly. Exactly. And when you're doing those projects, now I know one of the things that, that we, that you, you and I talked about before um, offline, we know each other before just the interview is um, mm-hmm. like preparation, storyboarding, pre-production, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> If I'm, oh, yeah. if I think of myself as a storyteller, I just want to go shoot videos. It really isn't that easy. Tell me a little bit about other things that go into that whole process so that I'm not just a storyteller, but I'm a, I'm everything to do with that. Or I have a team that does that, but there's more that goes into it, right? Oh my goodness. Um, to tell the right story to the right audience, there's always pre-production. Um, the research can dive as deep as you want, but at least check it and see what the competitors are doing, what other people are doing. Check and see if the URL is taken, you know, uh, this is like everything you can think of as an entrepreneur, you want to think of in your film business as well. Um, where are we going to shoot? How much is that going to cost? Does it need a permit? Do I have insurance? Um, 
I'm going to need a COI, so I better have insurance. Uh, you know, do I have the right equipment? Who, who can I find the right equipment? Um, and what is what are we who are we talking to? What what is what do they want to hear? Um, you know, is it, do you care? <laughs> Some people, when they're telling a story, they don't care, right? Like, uh, you know, but there's so much pre-pro um, to the point where, you know, you have to take, you have to go to location. If you're on location, go to the day before, go a week before, take your director photographer, take your gaffer, sorry about the thunder, take your team and look at the location before you go there. <laughs> make sure you find where the people are going to the bathroom, make sure you find where... You know, people are parking, you know, and then this, where's the electric coming from? Do we have a jet? You know, there's so many uh, outside elements that come into game day that you just have to be checking them all off and have as many pre-production meetings as you can. That's with the budget, of course. Yeah. So, so it's when you, when you add the layers of video to a story, it, it complicates it, but it makes it so much more powerful too. So be prepared for that, I guess. Right. Yeah. Right. Cause you've got pros working. Yeah. In each lane. Yeah. Do you, yeah. So do you have any kind of an inspiration that you go to when it comes to telling great stories? You said earlier, Saving Private Ryan was kind of where it started for you. Don't, don't make that public. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was good, man. I, that was a, that's a great jumping off point. <laughs> but do you, do you have, you know, like a, a muse or do you have something that you kind of stay creative in a way? Um, any kind of inspiration? I wish I could make something up, Dan. Um, well, and I think it's okay if you don't. I mean, I think for some people they do, but I think for a lot of creatives, it's just like, this is the way my brain works. I love to tell stories and that's okay too. I, you know, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that, but it's always per project and what's coming our way. And then who am I sitting like my creative director, George, we're always constantly coming up with different ideas and different, you know, game plans and, I, th I guess I would, I, you know what, whatever. I'm, he's my muse. I'm going to call George my muse. I love that. I love that. Uh, don't tell him I said uh, that. Uh, just between us. This is public. Just between us. And my wife. And, and my wife too. Another Michigander. Um, do you, so when you say different ideas, I picture you and George sitting in like a, uh, a whiteboard room and just writing down ideas. Is it, does that happen or is it more per project? That's how you need to have it. You need that whiteboard just to erase and start again and draw things out. But then, you know, you need somebody to take those notes. You definitely make sure you take a picture of that whiteboard before you wipe it. And um, actually, we're in a studio that's 4,000 square foot. It's uh, called Lot 1901. And we've got an Infinity White Psych over to the right and then another group and production company working over in the, in, to the left and uh, some murals along the walls. Um, it's a pretty cool little place in Ebor City. Uh, invite you to come down, Dan. We can do this here live. That'd be fun. Absolutely. I'll yeah. probably, probably be in Florida again coming up uh, early next year, but it's going to be much further south. So, well, mid Florida, Orlando. That's not far. It's an hour and a half. Is that all it is? All right. Pencil I'll me see. in, Dan. All right. I'll see if I can make a little extra we'll time. Time will give it to me. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Cool, man. Um. So I want to I want to ask you the big one. This is going to stump you, maybe maybe not. If uh if somebody told you uh, Mike, you're all done telling stories, man. You got to find something else to do professionally uh, or just personally. What would that last story look like for you? What would, what would you want to go out on with, with one last story? It had to be something in the, in the nonprofit sector, some kind of a do good story. That's going to be like saving the world from this. I don't know. Or, you know, some kind of a fundraising that, you know, ends children homelessness. 
you know, like some kind of a PSA type of a thing that just go viral and uh, makes a social impact somehow. That's cool. That's a, that's a worthy cause. Yeah. Well, my friend, I appreciate you taking time to hang out with uh, the Storytellers Network and uh, tell your story. Where's the best place to find Mike Compton and Three Chairs? Um, yep, there's the dot com, threechairsproductions.com. There's Mike at threechairsproductions.com, and that's three spelled out, chairs, sit in a chair, plural, productions, plural. Uh, Facebook, we're doing an okay job, getting better at it. Uh, Twitter, not so much. LinkedIn, getting better. Um, we're all there on the social <laughs> webs. Um, and, I, and I would uh, gladly uh, start a conversation with anybody, actually, at any time. But thanks for the opportunity, Dan. Yeah, man. It was a lot of fun. I appreciate it. Yeah. Learned a lot, man. Inspirational. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Dan. Talk to you soon. All right. And that was a lot of fun. Thank you so much, Mike Compton of Three Chairs Productions. Be sure to go visit them online for sure. You can find those links uh, in, our, in the show notes down below. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing it with someone or to someone's, uh, you know, social medias as uh, Mike was talking about. We're on it as well for the Storytellers Network. But anywhere you are, go ahead and share it. Email it to somebody, text it, you know, just tell somebody on the street. Uh, I really do appreciate that very much. And uh, speaking of appreciation, we also love reviews over on Apple Podcasts. And here's a really nice one that came in early on uh, in the tenure of the show. Holdrum says, Dan Moyle has created a canvas for storytellers to paint a picture of life. I've loved these first episodes and look forward to many more. It always amazes me how I learn so much from a story more than just straight on nonfiction style learning, especially in business. Each person can educate with their personal experiences and Dan is giving us that platform. That's awesome, man. I'll tell you what, uh, a canvas for storytellers to paint a picture of life. That is my hope, my, my dream. So hold them. Thank you for that. I hope you're still listening. Uh, and there you go. So you can leave your review over at Apple Podcasts as well or on Facebook if you'd like or anywhere that you are listening. Enjoy your day. Take good care of yourself. And until next time, here's to telling our stories and having those stories to tell. Cheers. Thank you.